0: Welcome to another podcast on the Eagle 100.9 and OkotoksOnline.com. Morning show host Shane Hill caught up with Alex Jensen, a pitcher with three-time championships underneath his belt with the Okotoks Dogs, is now sitting behind the mic in Oakland. Let's get to it. about your Okotoks dog's career just so we can get to know you a little bit more
1: yeah well I was in Okotoks from uh 2007 to 2009 um a buddy of mine uh Brett Thomas who I actually roomed with in Okotoks uh he it kind of invited me up I didn't have a place to play over the summer in 2007 coming up from St. Mary's College in California and um And we played in junior college together, and he kind of he invited me up, and I I went. I remember going to the website and checking out the, uh, or you know, he mentioned that I should you know I should look into playing there. So I I remember going to the website and checking out the renderings of the stadium, and just kind of blew me away. And I never played in a place like that, and I'd always wanted to. So I remember getting there the first day in, in 2007. I think it was like two or three days before opening day and uh, they were still like laying the sod on, on the hillside on the berms. They were still putting the chairs in and we had like a workout there and uh, it was just kind of surreal. But anyway, um, yeah, we went on to win three straight uh, WNBL titles and I met some of the best friends that I've, I've still had to this very day. Uh, and just playing in front of the best fans there are. I mean, it was just uh, being able to play in that, in that stadium in front of, 3000 people a night. I mean, it just made me feel like a professional baseball player. It was just, it was incredible. Just the, the community and the support that we got. And, and like I said, the guys on the team, it was just, uh, it was an experience that I'll never, ever, ever forget.
0: That is unreal. And it's, it's crazy that we have something like that in Tokes. I think people don't realize how cool we have it here when it comes to that setup, because it is unreal, isn't it?
1: Oh, totally. Like, I mean, you know, to be, especially to be in a city that's just south of one of the biggest cities in Western Canada, and I guess in all of Canada and Calgary, to have a community like that that's so tight-knit, and to have a stadium in that community that really brings people out, and I think, you know, I remember hearing that, you know, people like to come to the ballpark, not just to support the team, but to catch up with people over the summer, uh, you know, and, and kind of feel that neighborly feeling. You really feel that as a part of the community, I think, at least. That was my experience almost, I can't believe it was almost 15 years ago now, but uh, back in back in oh seven oh nine, you know, you really feel that sense of community. And to have that facility and, you know, be able to watch, you know, baseball, because I know minor league baseball isn't in Calgary anymore. Uh, so to be able to watch a pretty, you know, high level of baseball, college kids, you know, in that community, in that stadium, I mean, it's really special. And I know that the people of Okotoks don't take it for granted.
0: Definitely not. And you're right. We don't have the... They were the Calgary Vipers, I think. They were in Calgary for a while, I'm pretty sure. Um, Could be wrong. The
1: Calgary Calgary Vipers were there for a little while. They were an independent league team. They were not affiliated with any major league organization and they you. were a professional team they played at foothills stadium and Foothill stadium if i if, if i remember correctly was actually built for the calgary cannons i think it was yes uh, who ended their affiliation with major league Bay? are they moved somewhere else you know jonathan hodgson would know this off the top of his off the top of his mind you know <laughs> uh who was the broadcaster with with the dogs when i was there And it's still involved a little bit, I believe. But um, yeah, they were there until I think the late 90s, early 2000s. They moved to Albuquerque or something like that. So that's the last time that affiliated baseball was in Calgary.
0: Gotcha. See, yeah, you're just a fountain of knowledge. I knew I would get lots of good stuff from you. (laughs) (laughs) But I I want to know, though, Alex, so once you were, I guess, done your uh, dog's career, what kind of transitioned you into the announcing side of things? How did you get into that?
1: Well, it kind of took me a little while i mean I, I always knew that it was something that I wanted to do i, I wasn't sure exactly how to start um, so I went back to California, the Bay Area, and you know St Mary's where I went to school is a is it's a little bit like Okotoks, you know it's a it's a smaller tight knit community uh and I knew I just wanted to try it. And I knew there would be opportunities there for me to just get behind a microphone and see if I was any good and and see if I liked doing it you know so I basically went there and, and said, hey, this is what I want to do. You know, I'll do whatever I have to do to, to call some baseball games in the spring. And they put me on volleyball public address announcing. That was my first exposure behind a microphone <laughs> at St. Mary's. And actually, uh, I was able to call a couple of baseball games in Okotoks. We hosted a super series with Team USA and Team Canada and Chinese Taipei in 2008. And for one of those games, John Arcandia, who's the managing director for the Dogs, he allowed me to get behind the microphone and, and do play-by-play uh, for Chinese Taipei versus Team Canada in 2008. So that was actually my first baseball play-by-play experience was at seaman stadium uh which was cool and brett thomas who i know you know a lot i know his name still means something in that community uh in in okotoke he's one of my best friends as i mentioned and he was my color analyst for that game so we were just having fun you know um but that was my first exposure to it then i came to st mary's and they started me off with like i said uh, women's volleyball pa i was like the number two on the women's basketball broadcast and uh the next few years i you know that kind of became my own the women's basketball broadcast and you know St. Mary's is division 1 um in in the states in the same league as Gonzaga and BYU and then uh-huh. after a few years doing that the St. Mary's men the guy that was doing the St. Mary's men men's basketball play-by-play moved to New Orleans and that i guess that was kind of my first like kind of break kind of being in the right place at the right time and i got that job and this coming year will be my 10th year with the St. Mary's men. And then, uh, you know, really my, my break in baseball, if you want to call it that came when I got laid off my corporate job, you know, the company was going through some downsizing and I was just doing St. Mary's in the winter, you know, to kind of scratch the itch. I took an internship with the A's and I'm from Oakland. So I took an internship with the A's as a broadcast assistant in their booth. And they knew what I did at St. Mary's. So they, uh, you know, asked me to host a couple pregame shows when the host was gone. And one thing led to another. And in 2020, I got a, do a few games with uh, in spring training, uh, right at actually right as everything shut down. And then it just kind of evolved into, you know, me getting a couple of fill in games this year, which is like, I mean, if you would have told me that five years ago, I'd, I'd have to pinch myself. I still have to pinch myself to think about that, you know, going to the Coliseum as a fan up to three, four, five years ago and looking at the booth and just kind of thinking, what if? So just kind of one thing led to another, you know, I mean, um I, I kind of had to stick with it at times because nothing it does, doesn't happen overnight. It's a really tough business. Um, But, you know, I, I just feel so blessed to just have the opportunity to to sit in that seat and call A's games and do a major league broadcast. And I really feel blessed with the opportunity I have with the ports to come to a ballpark every day. I mean, this is my first year with the Stockton Ports, too, who, like I mentioned, is low-way affiliate with the A's. So, yeah, it was just kind of one thing led to another. And uh, But it all started going back to St. Mary's and walking into the athletic department and saying, I'd like to try this. Where do I start?
0: Wow, and here you are. One thing led to another. You know what they say, though, when one door closes, another one opens. So you, I. This is this. I can't believe this is so cool that you're in like your dream position, in a sense, right?
1: Oh, no doubt. I mean, like I said, I had to to kind of pinch myself. You know, when I when I sat down in that seat for the first time, it's something I've always wanted to do. I listened to Bill King when I was growing up doing the A's games, and Ken Korak, who I filled in for. uh, I've listened to him for years since I was a kid. I think he started with the A's in 1996 I was 10 years old I've listened to him for years I was a huge A's you know I still am huge A's fan growing up growing up in Oakland uh you know my dad and I had would my dad had part of a season ticket seven games a year I think uh pretty close to home plate and uh you know so it's just like not just to to call a major league game that's a dream come true in itself but to do it for the A's in Oakland for the first time is like I like I can't even it's hard to even put into words what that <laughs> meant to me.
0: Yeah, you almost can't write that, right? <laughs> like that that is uh, so surreal and Totally.
1: Gr- it's like yeah, it's like a movie script. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it's just two games but it's just like it it, it meant it's meant the world to me.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And, hey, congratulations. I never got to say congratulations. That is very cool. So uh, good for you. And hopefully we'll get to hear you more on uh, uh, the play-by-play for the Oakland A's. But I guess uh, you kind of touched on this uh, in your last answer there, Alex. But how did the uh, opportunity exactly present itself for you to get in and uh, cover there?
1: Just to start working for the A's in general? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it actually came from a connection that has nothing to do with baseball. Uh, a friend of mine who I've known since we were like 13, you know, her kids, she was friends, you know, her kids and the A's director of broadcasting, their kids were were friends, and she actually works in staffing. And she reached out to me about that broadcast assistant position, which is basically like a paid internship that's seasonal. Um, and uh, she said, hey, would you be interested in it? And, you know, I kind of had nothing to do with the time. Even if I did, I think I would have taken it. But that's how it began, and I think I was overqualified for that job. But I, you know, as I as I mentioned, I was laid off from my corporate job, which I really wasn't enjoying it anyway. Um, and uh, you know, I I thought, hey, listen, I've got the summer to uh, to to play around with this a little bit and see how I like this. And and I, I, there's no way I would have thought that I would be hosting a you know a major league pregame show by the end of the year. Mm. Uh, but then the next year, they they actually the A's that. It was it was kind of a right place, right time deal. I mean, I I've, I've figured out that's how a lot of this business is. Uh, you know, the next year, the A's launched a 24-7 streaming network called A's Cast, which you can listen to on iHeartRadio. Uh, you can listen to it up in, in Alberta as well. And They carried live games. They carry, you know, uh, streaming 24-7. Uh, so they did, needed programming. And so they, they tasked me with doing my own show, which was like a highlight show uh, after the game. And so that was kind of how one thing led to another. But yeah, I I got in. I got in with the A's based on a a contact that has nothing to do with baseball, (laughs) which was kind of crazy.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. It usually works like that, doesn't it? It's all about who you know. (laughs) And um,
1: no doubt. No doubt.
0: And I was just wondering, Alex, as well, how did that feel when you got the call to come fill in for Ken to call the game? How were you feeling at that point?
1: It was dream come true. I mean, I, I thought there was a possibility because I thought I'd put myself in a pretty good position. And, you know, I figured because they had asked me to do play-by-play for spring training um, that they – and they, they had asked me to do it again for 2021 if we were going to be calling games from Oakland, the games that were in Arizona. So I knew that they at least – that I at least did a good enough job to be asked back. So I, I figured I was in a pretty good position. Um, but you know, I mean, I, would imagine it's just like for a player, you know, getting the call that you're going to make your major league debut. I mean, it's like, it, it's, it's surreal. It's, it, it, they, and they called me back in March. So I knew for a while that I had a couple of dates, one in May and one in June. Um, but it, it was just like, it took a while to sink in and, um, you know, so it was, it's hard to put into words, like, you know, like you mentioned, it's a, it's a dream come true. Uh, so for anybody who's achieved their dreams, that's exactly what it feels like. You know, it was, it was incredible.
0: Amazing. I, I'm just smiling either here on, on over on this side. <laughs> I'm loving this. This well, is so cool. No worries. And I, I guess putting a lot of work goes into, uh, doing play by play. So what kind of like gear did you have to turn research to go from ports calling that game to then have to do the yeah. A's?
1: That's a good question. Um, I, so in low way West, which is where the ports play, um, uh, we do six-game series during the week, and we have every Monday off. So uh, each of the two games I've had with the A's have been on Mondays, so it's given me some time. You know, Sunday night and the week leading up, I've kind of just kept an eye on what's going on around Major League Baseball, especially with the A's. I tried to listen to all the post-game shows on the radio and, and just kind of follow along with some of the little stuff that's going on because it is tough. You know, I mean, I was talking with uh, the guy that does the San Jose Giants who's in our league. Um, and he's filled in for the San Francisco Giants before, and we've kind of, you know, shared with each other, like, you know, you don't want to feel like the person that's listening knows more than you do. And that's it, kind of tough, right, because the ports play at the same time as the A's every night. So, you know, I really just tried to to figure out who's hot, who's not, uh, read a lot of the articles throughout the week, and pick up little different things that I can try and add to the broadcast. So, for example, the A's first baseman, Matt Olson talked about how, uh, you know, he's he's been hot recently and talked about how he's really just trying to compete in the box as opposed to, you know, in, in 2020 when he had a bit of a down year. He was feeling like he was just thinking about mechanics all the time. So that's the type of thing that I'm looking for to add a little bit of life into the broadcast where it's not just spitting numbers at you. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so making notes with that stuff, having that in front of me and, and baseball is the type of sport where it's kind of like a walk in the park you know i mean it, it, i do believe that that's what makes it tough to call on the radio because there's a lot of time to fill in with stories and and you know other knowledge you might have about the team which makes it hard for someone like me who's not around the team every day and and has to you know do what they can to to pick up little bits and pieces here and there um but it does allow for time to to you know sprinkle that stuff in where you see fit Mm-hmm. And um, that's the biggest prepper. I want to know who's hot, who's swinging the bat well, who's not swinging the bat well. Career milestones, um, you know, the other day Mitch Moreland picked up his 1,000th hit when I was filling in, which was cool. Um, and just, just little things like that. Reading stories online in, through newspapers or The Athletic. I'm a subscriber to The Athletic, which is really helpful because they have people covering different teams in all the different areas. Um, and just figuring out what's going on in the week, 10 days leading up to the game you're going to do
0: a hundred percent.
1: And yeah, it does take a little while. Like you said, I mean, they're playing at the same time. So it's, it's tough to know exactly like, Hey, you know, the reason that the A's had a four run inning is because of a missed third strike call, you know, with two outs, and then all of a sudden they have three hits in a row. So it's hard to know little things like that. But I think you know trying to fill in where you can is is important.
0: A hundred percent. That yeah, I I can't even imagine putting that work in and knowing all those facts and just stats, everything like you said. That is a lot of work. I wanted to know on in your opinion, how did the first game go? How did the experience go? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, well, my second one was this past Monday, actually. I thought it went well. You know, I, I, I thought I put my best foot forward, um, which is all I can do, you know. I mean, I, I hope that it came through to people that were listening that, you know, how much fun I was having, uh, because I think it's, you know, it's well known that around here that I'm an Oakland native and I grew up going to Thay's games. And, you know, so for me, it was just such a thrill in in so many more ways than just making, and I don't want to say just making a major league debut, but then making a major then calling a major league game, you know, like I said, being able to do it in my hometown, but I thought it went well. I, I thought, uh, you know, listening back to my highlights and listening back to the full games, I, I thought, uh, I thought I did well, and I, I got I got some good feedback from from folks around the A's organization and fans, and just on Twitter and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I thought it went really well.
0: Oh, that's awesome! And second time around, a little less nerve wracking, a little bit of the the <laughs> <laughs> pregame nervousness shaking off.
1: No doubt, yeah. I mean, I think what really helped me uh, going into my first game, anyway, was working there in eighteen and nineteen and knowing everybody. You know, I already knew the guy I was working with. I, I knew the engineer. On site and the engineer back in our studio and just everybody in the press box there. I already knew them because I worked for the A's in, in 2018 and 2019. So that helped. But there, yeah, there was definitely some nerves heading into that first one. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's the show, you know? Um, but yeah, the second one, you know, is <laughs> I slept a little bit better the night before. We'll just put it that way.
0: <laughs> Definitely. I can understand that. And hey, did anyone reach out from the dogs organization or just around the league to congratulate you on uh, your debut there, Alex?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I mentioned Jonathan Hodgson already. I got a few notes from him. John Arcandia, who's the managing director with the dogs, I-, I heard from him. Jeff Duda, who is still coaching up there, I know with, with the dogs, um, he sent me a nice text. Manny Kumar. I mentioned Brett Thomas. Brett Thomas lives in the Bay Area. I see him all the time. Uh, you know, we had a good phone conversation. Jake Botari reached out to me. Mark Wilson, uh, who were all part of the 3P teams in 2007 to 2009. Um, my, my Billet family, Jim, uh, the Amys, uh, Jim Amy, Wendy Amy. Um, it's just, you know, like I said, I mean, That kind of underscores what I was talking about, the sense of community in in the Okotoks dogs, with the Okotoks dogs and Okotoks in general. So I think the the Western Canadian Baseball League tweeted something and just a bunch of comments on Facebook and and Twitter. I mean, after the first one, I had like, you know, 250, 300 messages on all the different platforms (laughs) to get through. So it's hard for me to single everybody out. But, um, you know, all those names are ones that stood out for sure.
0: That's awesome! And uh, what's next for you, Alex? What's the game plan now? Any uh, other dates on for the major league uh, ports? How you? What's What's the goal? What's the plan?
1: Well, nothing right now on the books in the in the major leagues. Like I said, I'm with the ports. We have a 120 game season. Uh, we are we have games 38 tonight. I'm in Fresno right now. Uh we're the ports are gonna be playing the Grizzlies, so in game two of a six game series. So nothing on, on the calendar right now with the A's. We'll see what happens. Like I said, I, I think I put my best foot forward and uh you know, I, I think with my my experience in the industry has kind of shown me that some of these things take time i mean it doesn't always have, just happen overnight, so I'm just going to keep trying to get better I think with every game, every rep, just like anything else, I think you know you get better, and that's what I want to keep doing um and for the time being, like I said, I'm just happy that you know I thought my the games I did, the innings I had in Oakland went well and and hopefully well enough that if they have an opening again for a game or whatever that they that you know I'm in play for them so um that's that's kind of what's on tap the ports for the rest of the season, at least right now. And then, um, and then basketball in the winter. And, you know, I just feel so lucky to be going to the ballpark every day. It's what I've always wanted to do, whether it's in Stockton or in Oakland. I mean, everyone wants to make to the major league. There's no doubt about that, but just to be able to go to the ballpark every day and do what I love to do. I feel so fortunate to be able to do that after so long of not doing what I wanted to do all year. You know, I, um, so for right now, it's just uh, the ports and then we'll see what happens. I mean, You never know. But like I said, hopefully I'm in play for the next time they have an opening.
0: That's awesome. Well, hopefully you are too. We've got our fingers crossed over here for you. And hey, I have to ask Alex, if you're on a trip back to Okotoks, what's somewhere you got to stop at in Okotoks?
1: Man, gosh, that's a great question. I think Okotoks has changed a lot since I was there last. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I know it's grown a lot. It was growing when I was there. I remember the first time I got to Okotoks, my dad and I flew to Spokane. Washington and then we drove which was a beautiful drive through southern British Columbia and up through you know the foothills uh, in there in Alberta
0: uh-huh.
1: so that's a great question man I have no idea I mean Tim Horton's is a bus stop for me <laughs> because we don't have that down here you know uh, I missed the the line around the block and uh, you know I know a popular post game spot for us was in cahoots I know there was a couple of other places there i don't know if any of those places are still open um so you know that's a, that's a tough question Siemens stadium would be first and foremost for me and um you know if i'm ever able to make it up there during the summer again i would love to take in a game at seaman stadium in the stands um just because i you know some of some of the best baseball memories i have you know came there so i think that's um that's, that that would be on the top of the list for me.
0: A hundred percent. And you have to see it now that it's expanded. They just added the core four expansion. It looks really good.
1: I heard. I heard. I've seen the pictures down the, the left field line. Mm-hmm. Right? It looks amazing. I mean, it just seems like every year they add something new.
0: Totally. I'm just waiting for them to add the pool now at the expansion.
1: <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? I mean, where would that go? I guess like, you know, left field next to that or something totally, like that. Totally, yeah. I mean, I remember in 2007 and 2008 when I was – with the dogs my first two years before they built the indoor training center like our locker room was one of those concession stands up on the first base side oh. you know so we were getting changed in the on the concourse I don't know if people remember this and we walked down the stairs onto the field which was uh I mean that was cool it helped us interact with the fans a little bit more and, and stuff like that but it's, it's definitely changed a lot I hope one of these days I'm able to get up there and see it again
0: Keep your eyes on social media and your ears on the Eagle for the next great podcast. Only on the Eagle 100.9 and okotoksonline.com.